sifter.com.au. G'day and welcome to Drop Rate by Sifter. Drop Rate your Sifter's review podcast packed with thoughts and feelings about the newest video games, giving you insights from some of the best games writers around. My name is Chris Button, and joining me this week is Omi Coolis from Checkpoint Gaming to talk about Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, the long-awaited return of the mech action series by From Software, the studio also known for Elden Ring and the Dark Souls series. Before we get into the discussion, here are the top stories featured on Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly news podcast. Hi, I'm Kyle Paletta. And I'm Fiona Bartholomew. And here are the top stories this week on Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly news podcast for Sunday, 12th of May. Xbox kills four Bethesda studios, including multi-award-winning makers of Hi-Fi Rush and Prey. Helldivers 2 players go to war, loving 200,000 negative reviews after Sony tries to force mandatory PSN logins on PC. Hades 2 gets a surprise early access launch this week, and it's already smashed the previous game's record. And Nintendo confirms we'll learn more about the next Switch by this time next year. You can get every episode of Walkthrough for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or on our website, sifter.com.au, every Sunday. You're listening to Drop Rate by Sifter. Visit us on sifter.com.au. Okay, talking Armoured Core 6. Omi, I've read and thoroughly enjoyed your review on Checkpoint for Fires of Rubicon. So to get us started, what's Armoured Core 6 about and what sort of game is it? Yeah, so Armoured Core 6 follows on from From Software's uh, pretty uh, long history with the series now. So it's a mech game through and through. Um, It's all about manoeuvring and combat in your mech and mech games are you know they're a dime a dozen there's a lot of them out there but they're still a very specific niche that don't get as much attention as they usually do and uh armor core has been one of the big ones for a long time um but not to a great success so they've received pretty middling reviews um particularly the last one um, called Five, which I think are released in 2012 or 2013. I'm not sure if you know off the top of your head as well. Um, but it's it's um, Armor Core Six has come around and has really rejuvenated the genre, I think. And what we have here is, like I said, an action combat mech game. Um, but it also introduces the pretty precise, clear, and strategic combat we know from from software's recent successes like dark souls and elden ring um and probably more specifically specifically sicker um because there's a lot more tactical combat in armed core six uh story goes so you are a mech um unnamed from outer space you start the game launching onto the planet rubicon 3 so you, you land on this planet, you steal somebody else's identity, their name, um, and that's Raven. And you take that ID card, and with that, you're able to get work from a series of different corporations on this planet. So it's very political, businessy um, sort of vibes there too. And the narrative uh, leans in on that quite heavily, and we will probably touch on it a bit later, but it does get 
quite convoluted with how many different businesses there are and they're all got their own little they've all got their own motives of how what they're trying to do on this planet um primarily to use and abuse the resource called coral um and this is something that's developed from what we know at the time um naturally on the planet it's this red misty sort of unknown mysterious source um and they all want to use it um for their own advantage whether it's you know making money power um building things they've all got their own purpose and you can pick at times which way you're going to go in terms of which mission you do and that will um take you through a path from one faction's affinity rather than another one um but in at the end of the day it's all about raven or 621 which is then the name of the mech that you're playing in and how they progress through this world get to know more about the coral get to know more about the factions you're working with and get to know more about the pca which is like the overbearing government authority that is in control of the planet at the time yeah yeah for sure and uh, ahead of this i picked up a copy of armored core 6 myself uh, for the purposes of this conversation and for my own curiosity as well not having a rich history of mech games outside of perhaps vanquish back in the day and i'm not quite sure that counts as a mech game but there's there's mech it's it's got movement you know like yeah yeah yeah. i know what you're talking about it's definitely a great game to play (laughs) oh absolutely absolutely so if anyone wants a fast-paced action mech adjacent game then go back and play vanquish uh, by all means but one thing having not played an Armored Core game before, and here we're at the sixth in the series, would you say that it's a good jumping-in point for newcomers, or does it require a bit of assumed knowledge heading in? Uh, Yeah, no, I'd say it's a really good jumping-in point. I think that's how it's been developed as well. I think they're very aware that Armored Core has always been a series with a very specific audience, and that's the mech community. And, yeah, like I said, it's very niche. Um, You're either a mech fan or you're not. And what they've done here, from what I can tell, because I have not played an Armour Core 5 down to 1 either, um, and I jumped in here being my first Armour Core game, and I picked up the story and understood what was happening and where we were pretty immediately. Like, I didn't have a problem understanding who these people were. Um, It was introduced to you one by one, each character, although they are just sort of text and voices on a screen rather than people you sort of see, besides the occasional mech that is with you in the game but like again there's no mouths moving it's just it is sometimes a little bit difficult to stay on top of all the people that you do meet um or acquaintances that you sort of come by throughout the game um but in terms of the story and the world building is not something you need to like have prior knowledge of it's uh i believe it's a new planet not explored in the series before um and so yeah anyone could jump in and really be like this is a great narrative to sort of jump in and and learn but i think if we're looking at this game from a holistic point of view it's 30 percent narrative 70 percent gameplay like and that's most of us from software's recent games as well like there's a lot of lore and stuff you can look into going through combat logs or just yet paying attention to the world around you as you play but when it comes to the end of it, what sells these games is the precise and very, very well-designed gameplay, and that's what we have with Armor Core. So 
for anyone new wanting to check it out, interested in the mech game, I think it's a perfect game to jump into. They usually a lot of the older mech games are also very hard to pick up and go. Um, and I, they've done a very good job of making Article quite accessible from the get go. Even being a From Software game, it's still very challenging, but I think it's a bit more lenient in terms of you're able to change your loadout where you need to. So if you're at a boss battle, you don't have to like leave the whole game. You just go to your assembly and adjust your things. Um, but yeah, quite quite a good one for new players. Yeah, and I, I agree with what you say about the, the story in terms of you are relying on a lot of text and voice dialogue and the occasional sort of logo associated with different corporations or call signs. So there's there's a lot to try and absorb with these different factions and allegiances, and it can can be quite tricky to, to keep on top of. Koro, a sublime substance discovered on Rubicon, a planet on the frontier of developed space. For a time, Koro was a revolutionary energy resource and data conduit, poised to transform human society by leaps and bounds. They called it the Fires of Ibis, a storm of flame that tore through the stars, leaving lethal contamination in its wake. Coral, the kindling, was thought to have been utterly consumed, forever lost. However, on Rubicon, the embers continued to burn. Humanity would inevitably return to stoke the fire. And... I, I feel like that's actually very traditional from software in terms of narrative. In fact, I'd argue this is probably the most spoon-fed narrative I've had from a from software game in all the, the games that I've played in terms of they are directly addressing you, the player, instead of if it was like in a lot of the Dark Souls games, the characters are almost speaking past you or beyond you in riddles. So it, it does feel like the, the most direct form of, of storytelling, but there's still a lot going on, which can be a little bit confusing. But as you say, that's not the primary appeal here. The primary appeal is fast-paced, explosive mech action. And in my brief experience the first few hours so far i've been really impressed in in how much it just feels like a a a mech ballet of sorts of movement and fluidity and dodging and finding an opening and trying to land your attacks again very traditional to to from software games so i i I really appreciate that the way that combat unfolds and plays so i'd really like to hear your thoughts on me what what was your experience with the combat i i honestly this might be a hot take but i think this is the best from software game combat wise i think it's absolutely phenomenal um what really appeals to me is how tactical it is underneath how straightforward mech shooting combat like it's it's very much what you see on the screen in your trailers and your gameplay videos is mechs going around shooting things blowing up different mechs but underneath that there is a lot of strategy and there's a lot of um, precision in how you approach these um, scenarios particularly with the boss battles as well Um, each one of those are going to have very specific weaknesses or strengths that you can take advantage of and if you don't have the right, right builds, um, you know, if you don't have an energy weapon to get through shields or if you don't have the right ballistic um, bullets to take down brute force once those shields are down for massive damage, or if you're 
taking someone on from far distance and they've got quite long-ranged um, attacks that will take half your um, build um, AP, which is health points in the game, um, down straight away. And you can't close that distance because you don't have the right uh, legs on, for example, like, and you don't have the right boosters to get there quite quick enough. You're done for. There is no chance. And that does whittle down into the um, more occasional um, grunt combat as well throughout the missions. Like, you'll have, you know, middle bosses in each mission that can be quite difficult sometimes if you don't have the right build. And there's some missions which are very clearly close quarter combat. And if you're ready for, if you're like a giant tank who's ready for, long range distances and slow reloading then you're gonna have struggle with like the smallest and easiest of um the mechs that you're gonna have to take down it's it's quite interesting how well they're able to implement all these intricacies into their combat um and i think it's really from their learnings in the last 10 years with dark souls and elden ring and um sekiro just you know picking up and figuring out how to like master gameplay and combat design and it, it it's it's very specific from software like it, it's clear that it's their game like it's their gameplay their combat and that's something i think they've got a mark on now some people still gonna hate it that's just through and through it's still relentlessly challenging at times and if that's not for you then sorry don't play a hundred core six you know but they people who love a challenge um, and don't mind it being not as accessible. It, not as accessible in the broader term. It's still an accessible game. But um, if you're somebody who has um, disability or, you know, impairment of some sort and these games are challenging for you, then, yeah, it's not going to be great. Um, but... The combat itself is just so well designed and I yeah, hats off to them because they've really mastered what it means to one, make combat is that is meaningful and thoughtful, and two, um, just nailing a mech combat game. Like it's not been done like this before. Uh, I mean, I, besides Armor Core Five, which was close, but still after 10 years of what they've just done with the rest of their series, they've really implemented all these learnings and made this... Di- I, I, honestly, I think it's the best mech game that's around, like, you can play right now. Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic. I've, I've heard very similar sentiments in terms of it does feel like such a triumphant return for the, the mech genre as niche as it may be. And you, you've touched on a lot of my experience with the game in the early hours so far in terms of the the strategy that's involved even before you actually engage in a mission because the, your chances of success almost hinge entirely or equally on your assembly and your specific loadout as it does your actual skill level because I think about one of the sort of early to mid bosses in in chapter one where it was this big hulking tank that had a a very heavily armored front this shielded front that you couldn't really do anything to and i was beating my head against a brick wall almost quite literally this thing was almost a brick wall and 
I, at the time, was equipped with weapons that only targeted enemies directly, whereas after so much time invested trying to beat this thing through just sheer determination, brute force, will, and what little skill I have, it was a case of I had to go back to the assembly and choose a, a missile loadout that didn't shoot straight forward, but instead shot directly upwards and went up and around behind the enemy's shield to then do stagger damage, then I could get close with my melee blade and deal mass damage there. Or as you mentioned, to also use an energy or, or plasma-based weapon that would penetrate that enemy's shield. So, so, so much of your success is reliant on thinking strategically even before you've entered the battlefield, which I, I think is extremely clever and extremely satisfying when when it uh, when it pulls off and a little bit embarrassing i might have to say after x amount of tries and having no success and then once i actually um you know pulled my finger out and made these changes to to the mech loadout i managed to beat it quite easily first try and felt it felt equally silly that i didn't do so earlier but also smart that i thought oh yes i i was very smart in changing to this thing that had a tangible out outcome. So I, I want to hear about your experience on me with, with the customization of the mechs in terms of what, what sort of, what sort of builds did you find most satisfying? Yeah, I, I'm always up for the most defensive uh, builds there are. I, when it comes to being super defensive and for lack of better or strategic, cause the game's all about strategy anyway, <laughs> when you're like sitting back, sort of trying to dodge and, use your shield at the right time <laughs> i always find it more difficult because i'm impatient as a player <laughs> so i'm just very much like get in their face smash it like attack as quick as possible get out of there dodge revive your ep levels and jump back in for another round um like for example <laughs> with that wall um that shield guy i think it's attack the watch point that mission um I, I went in there and was just brute forced it. I think I, I in hindsight, switching my um, back shoulders to some sort of missile that goes up and comes down, which I did do for a later boss in the game because that just had to be done, um, would have been made my life uh, pretty easy. But instead, my strategy was to jump up, fly a, above this uh, boss, like so attack them from above with missile or whatever I had. And then when they were staggered, I jump on the back of them and sit behind where their shield is and then hit them with a sword. And then I start driving away a little bit and I keep going until they fly away. And then that'd be my rinse and repeat for that mission. And it worked after like three tries. <laughs> but um, it's just, it, it's also a testament. It's not as linear as you think. It's not like you need to have this straight up loadout to beat this boss. It's more what will work for you and your play style. And that really um, sells what they've done here in designing the assembly system where you can go in and yeah, swap out your different parts and your core elements to be able to defeat a boss in a way that works for you, whether that is being super offensive up in their face, making sure they don't have time to heal or revive, keeping them staggered as quickly as possible, or if that is sitting back and waiting for the right time to make a really powerful attack that will take out majority of their health straight away well, one of the one of the, the the really cool things is it it is what you've described is such 
a core part of From Software's design philosophy, whether you're looking at Armored Core 6 or whether you're looking at the original Dark Souls through to all of its sequels and the you know the, the triumph that Elden Ring was last year. What a game. The, the interesting thing is, and I noticed this when I looked on the Steam listing for Armored Core 6, is in its in its sort of little you know, the initial description of the game, a new action game based on the concept of the Armored Core series that uses the knowledge gained from From Software's recent action game development. There are so few developers in the world that could reasonably put such a description of their game to, to as a selling point. But From Software have, have just built up such a, a legacy and such a reputation that as, as you've described so you know, so accurately Omi in terms of it's not about you know there is one true build or there is one way and one way only to overcome a boss or overcome an enemy or some form of, of adversity in this game it very much is trying to find a build or trying to find a loadout or some sort of a strategy that works best for you one one thing I'd really really like to hear to to round things out is from software games. There are always moments within from software games that you really make you sit back and absorb everything that's happening due to either the the sheer spectacle of the thing or a particular encounter that was just executed so beautifully. I'd really like to hear Omi. What was one moment from Armored Core 6 that stood out to you and you'll remember for a long time to come? Oh, it's absolutely... I'll, I'll talk about the early game at least. Um, the mission where you climb the mining spider. So I think before, up to that point, it does feel quite, um, you know, you're going into a different scenario, taking on enemies relatively your size. And when you get to this mission, I think it's like three or four into the game. So maybe an hour or two, depending on how good you are. Um, you approach this giant moving ATAT type machine, like three times the size of one of those things, um, and that you need to destroy and fight. And uh, it is absolutely uh, ginormous in terms of not only how big that thing is, but also the mission itself. Um, and that really pulled me back and I was like, this is one of those epic moments that this this game is going to be huge. Like, doesn't matter where it goes from here, there's going to be more of this. This is just like a couple of hours into the game. It was insane. And the way they designed that mission, it's it's very fun because you get to climb it, right? right? As a mech, you're climbing this thing, trying to figure out where you can jump to. And it's not very, like, oh, you need to jump to this point to get up here. Like, a, you would find a platform or anything like that, even though it is platforming. it's It just says, jump on top of this machine, get on top. You need to take out these six different generators before you can focus on the eye of the machine, which is where you do your most big battle. Um, and the way you can do that is up to you. There's plenty of different points that designed on this thing, so you can sit there and refresh your um, boosters and... Um, you know, take it from different angles. And then the end of the mission, blowing the thing up, is also just as fun because you've got to fly as quickly away as possible to see this gigantic explosion that probably would have, you know, caused tidal waves across the planet if it had a notion. So, um, 
yeah, it was it was one of the most impressive moments I think of the game, at least early on. And I, yeah, I don't want to spoil the rest. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that mission in particular, taking down that sort of weaponized mining rig because i was going to mention the exact same encounter but for slightly different reasons yes that the scale of it is just phenomenal and awe-inspiring but i realize i've spent a, a lot of this a lot of this recording just breathlessly being breathlessly effusive of from software but there's good reason for that uh and this particular mission early in armored core 6 I felt like there was a beautiful sense of symmetry between that and the General Radan fight in Elden Ring. Uh, for those who have played Elden Ring and have, have taken on General Radan, you, you're in a similar desolate, desert-like uh, environment that's super open, lots of space to maneuver around and uh, and sort of engage with your opponent in. And what what I felt, even the opening sort of seconds opening moments of this armored core six encounter just beautifully reflected this general radan encounter in terms of this mining rig is this hulking behemoth in the distance that is able to take half your health if not more just in a finger snap with its massive laser that it can fire from a distance almost exactly like general radan did in elden ring with uh, with his massive ranged attack and i just immediately that got me in the mood for just what was a brilliant encounter to follow that was just grand in scale epic in strategy and likewise the the conclusion was oh so satisfying so it was it was a beautiful beautiful moment and surely very deliberately done to to reflect uh, an encounter from another game that there's there's so many similarities and yet they play so differently uh, in in such a satisfying way. So to to bring things home, Omi, I I think I know the answer to this. But do you drop or do you rate Armored Core Six? Oh, I drop it. No, I rate it. I rate it. It's great. <laughs> it's really good. It's the best mech game. Like I said earlier, it's the best mech game that's available to play right now. Um, some people may disagree, but I think objectively it, it's up there. Like it's. So well designed, it looks great, feels good to play. Um, it's got a pretty good narrative as well for a mech game. Um, and yeah, it, From Software's brought everything together, um, put all the pieces and pulse pieces together to make the culmination of all their learnings um, into this action-packed, ballistic game that people will absolutely love and, you know, cherish for a long time couldn't have put it better myself so that's armored core 6 fires of rubicon by from software we'll have more thoughts on sifter.com.au and you can also read omi's review on checkpointgaming.net which we'll also share a link to Get down for a chat with your pals in video games. You're listening to Sifter. This has been Drop Rate by Sifter, our video game review podcast. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the theme music. Sifter is produced by Chris Button, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. 
Mitch Lowe is senior producer, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Omi, where can people follow you and read more of your work? Of course. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Blue Sky. Um, that's O-Coolas, so O-K-O-U-L-A-S. And you can read my stuff on checkpointgaming.net and probably a few other places because I do freelance as well. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's me. Wonderful. That's all for this week. You can check out what Sifter is up to on socials. Uh, that's at Sifter HQ on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, Threads, you know, whatever there is. We'll have a bunch of links there. Or you can hop into the Discord and have a yarn with the team about what you're playing at the moment. If you did enjoy this episode of Drop Rate, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing the episode on social media. This helps put us in front of more people and enables us to provide more in-depth coverage. Plus, you can check out our other podcast, Lightmap, where we talk to game developers, creatives, and people who are doing cool things in, in, in interactive media on your favorite podcast app of choice, of course. If you like your games coverage in written form, head to sifter.com.au for articles, interviews, and more. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey there, Gianni here on the latest episode of Lightmap, Sifter's interview podcast. Trent Custers from Melbourne's League of Geeks joins me to share the pretty candid story of how their studio almost came to its end. The thing that I said to Blake, who's the game director on Jump Light Odyssey, and, you know, we've got to remind ourselves is that it literally was just a logic puzzle. Like, we did not have enough money to take one team all the way through till, say, late 2024, which is when, which is the amount of time that Jump Light Odyssey needed to be completed. We've got to put this one game that's already out there that has a bunch of potential and then invested in this other game that you know very clearly because we can see the wish list doesn't have this and it's always been the case like solid inferno is the weirdo strategy game right it was never it was never the commercial front runner out of the two you know you don't get to pick and choose it actually the decision is made for you you can get every episode of lightmap for free on apple Podcasts, on spotify on youtube or head to our website sifter.com.au 